Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Email is Pete at the Pete show.com and on Twitter at Pete Callender. Uh, just for the record, uh, one thing that never goes well with me, just as a heads up, blackmail. Emotional blackmail. Any kind of emotional extortion efforts. It just does. I am not the person to do that with. Just a heads up. So if that's your play, you may want to just like hit delete on that email. Next time. But we are now once again in this debate, in this discussion where people try to tell me that uh, I need to do something different. I am I am a conservative. I am libertarian. I am a conservatarian, whatever you would like to call it. Um, I am a limited government guy. I don't want the federal government doing all of the things that it does. I want to see uh, the federal government restrained. I want to see the bureaucracy gutted. I want to see the executive branch restrained, dismantled. I want to see the powers go back to the legislative branch. I, I prefer those things to occur, and I prefer people have that philosophy when they run for office. Not that that guarantees that they're actually going to follow through on that stuff or be able to accomplish it, but that's what I go on. Those are my big-ticket items. I also tend to vote for pro-life people. That being said, I have never voted for a Republican or Democrat candidate for president ever. You've never gotten my vote, ever. I've been clear about this for 20 years on this radio station. I've been clear about that for 20 years. But now, in the age of Trump, now I'm pressured to vote for their guy. And they say, no, you're not. Just like Jan was saying, oh, I'm not telling you what to do. But yeah, you are, Jan. You are. You want, you want me to validate your opinion. That's what this is about. You want me to pick up the mantle of the guy that you like that I don't for the reasons I have outlined many, many times. And I don't beat people up over, you know, with, with all of this stuff against Trump. Look, I did all of that in 2015. And if you think that I, like, you think I'm being mean now, which I do find always ironic that the people who you know, say the mean tweets and call out everybody else snowflakes. I always do find it kind of comical when any kind of an attack on Trump for the size of his hands or something is met with like these hysterical meltdowns. But I don't make any of these personal attacks on Trump. I don't do any of that stuff. I, I assess him for what he does when he was president. I assess him for what he does, the positions he takes. And if those are positions I agree with, I give him credit for it. And if he does things I disagree with, then I don't give him credit for that. And what I'm hearing now is that that's not enough. You don't want somebody to do that. You don't want somebody saying that this is, uh, this is a good policy he's espousing and this is a bad policy. Let me ask you, if it was Jeb, if it was Jeb Bush, and I was making the demands of you to support Jeb Bush... Even though he did all these things you don't want, didn't like, 
and I would I would constantly just uh, tout all of the stuff that he did that was good. Never criticize any of the stuff that he did was bad. Never even mention it. And say he never did anything bad. Right? Might you have a problem with that? Might that undermine your trust? See, here's the thing. The only way that I think this whole thing works, like being on the show and, and doing a show and bringing information, having conversations and all this stuff about politics, the only way it works is if you believe what I'm telling you is coming from a place of honesty. And so this is me being honest to you. And guess what? If it means that I don't work again ever, so be it. Like, guys, I made my peace with this in 2016. And I'm still here. Because I approach these issues honestly. I tell you this is the way, this is the way I'm going. And you're worried that I'm going to influence all of these people. If that was the case, Donald Trump never would have won. <laughs> because I obviously have zero pull in in Republican primaries. So, all right, let's go back and hash it out a little bit more. Here's Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hello, Ralph. Hey, Pete. Hey, I uh, admire you for your, you know, convictions and stuff. The way I look at it, and if you would take each candidate as a candidate A, which is an incumbent, and candidate B, who who has been in the office or whatever and, and got voted out, but... I look at inflation this past year, mm-hmm. and I'm a small business owner. Me and, you, me and you've debated this before and everything on the air. But, I, you know, it just it amazes me, and I know a lot of libertarians, and they say they don't even vote and everything. They, they do say they collect silver and gold mm-hmm. because they're anticipating the economy to collapse mm-hmm. and everything uh, as far as that goes. But, uh, you know... It, it amazes me, and some people, and, and Pete, Keith Larson used to say this. Well, he said, I, you know, I can put my head on my pillow and sleep at night and everything. But when you look at all the people that are on fixed incomes and are barely, and some of them go to bed hungry at night, and then you want to and, and say you don't vote, anybody that doesn't vote, and then we get another Twelve or fifteen thousand dollar occur inflation next year, and then you know, and then shrink inflation where they shrink the size of the product and everything, and charge you the same price. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I get where the libertarians come from, but they've never ever been able to put up a candidate that can take a, a percentage of the vote. Mm-hmm that gets the attention of the Republicans or the Democrats. Mm-hmm. And so we, we're in this conundrum. We're in the same cycle. Nothing ever gets fixed. And you never hear any of the Republicans hardly say, hey, we need to cut the government by a third, and we're going to go in there, and we're going to take out you know, a third of every department or even eliminate the Department of Education. So, I mean, I get where you come from, but it never saw it never saw. But I should just keep, doing the, I should keep doing the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what you mean. Like, honestly, because Ralph, like, that's what you're proposing is like, because, look, my votes have never impacted any presidential race ever. And so all we keep getting is the same thing repeatedly. And it doesn't matter. Republicans or Democrats, it doesn't matter. We had we had an explosion of federal spending. And you could say, well, that was covid related. It was. But it also added trillions of dollars to the debt. Right. So 
The, the yes. profligate spending and the runaway inflation has been a problem caused by both of the parties. And what, what I keep hearing people tell me is that I have to give my vote to one of those two parties. Well, all I'm doing is rewarding the policies that I vehemently disagree with by pretending that these are the only options available to me. Well, if, those are the, if that's the way it's going to be framed, and I know those aren't the other, uh, only options. There are others. Now, not enough people agree with me to take those other options. Absolutely true. But... I do have a choice. Yeah. Well, and, and like I say, but, and, and everything, and it, it's, it's frustrating, and it's just, I think it's frustrating for you. It's frustrating, and I'm an independent. I jumped out of the Republican Party because Paul Ryan showed his cards. Uh, I mean, they've all showed what they're really standing for. And once they get up there, it's, it's all about them. I mean, the, you go in there and you're not a millionaire and you walk out $40, $50 million, you know, off of an insider trading stock, man. I mean, that is a good gig. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a gig. I would take it in a heartbeat. But, I mean, nothing. These these politicians are not for the people. And I wish the libertarians or whatever, and, and I believe in, 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 you know, limited government, small government, but we can't we can't even get a uh, a conservative to go campaign on saying hey we're gonna we're gonna take a third of each of these departments away and, and just because then you would no you did have you had a you, know, you, you had a couple of them actually you had a couple of conservatives that were running in the Republican presidential primary this year that that said that very thing and they both lost so that's why and again that's why. You know, people want me to, you know, as a conservative, support a Republican Party when that's what that's how they treat the people that are actually giving voice to those positions. And they can't they can't see any success. And they didn't in 2016 either. So that's why I mean, like, yeah, I don't know what a rhino is anymore. (laughs) Like, and I'm not a Republican. I don't even know what I don't know what a rhino counts as anymore. Ralph, I, I do appreciate the call. Not that Ralph used the term rhino. I'm just saying I hear the term rhino tossed around and I, I don't know what that means. If there's a like the parties are realigning right now. I've said this many, many times. The parties are in a realignment phase and it's happening on the left. It's happening on the right. I don't know what the parties are going to look like in the future. And maybe those parties look so different that I am able to cast a vote for one of those major parties at some point. But right now, mm, it's not looking great. Let me uh, let me respond to one email here from David who said, uh, subject line, stupid argument 101. So in your conservative viewpoint, all government spending should only go to liberal organizations. Got it. That subject line on your email, David, was accurate. Yes, that is a stupid argument, 101. I have no idea what you're even talking about there. I did get a follow-up email from David regarding the stupid argument, 101. So he's clarifying. He says, you are criticizing Mark Robinson as not conservative because his wife helps companies connect with government money, which in your statement makes him a populist, not a conservative. You do. It's not that's not the definitive argument for that, David, by the way. But uh, you do not need to read this. Just wanted you to understand my comment. OK, well, I, I am going to read it because it clarifies your comment on the year. So the the art, the, the point here was from this story in the assembly um, that's actually based off of the reporting by Brant Clifton who is a conservative uh, guy, runs the uh, Daily Haymaker website. And he says, how do you go around claiming to be Mr. Conservative or the king of conservatism when your family business is solely based on keeping the trains running on the welfare state? 
because that's what his Robinson's wife's business does. This Balanced Nutrition Inc. It secures federal funds for daycare centers to provide healthy meals to low-income children. And so by acting as the conduit to get the get the funds and then redirect them, and then they keep a portion of that of the money that goes to the daycare centers. And it's a very lucrative line of work for them. And so David is saying that, oh, so what, only the, just leave it up for the liberal groups. See, so this is what I mean. This is like binary thinking. Like, if you are going to tout conservative principles, particularly in the area of breaking people's dependency on the federal government and its benefits, yet you yourself are hooked to that system, right? Continuously hooked to it. You're, it's not even like you're saying, oh, I'm trying to get off of it or like uh, with the abortion issue where, you know, the Robinsons had the abortion. Then years later, he's out, you know, ranting against abortion and people are like, oh, see, get that, uh, hypocrisy. Right. But the difference there is that there is a there is an epiphany moment. There is a I saw the error of my ways. We never should have done that. It has been, you know, very damaging to us. Right? There's a redemption element to that story that, did, that does not exist in the balanced nutrition federal funds uh, story. It's a binary choice to say that, oh, so what, uh, it only needs to go to the liberal groups? All I'm saying, don't, don't whiz on my boots and tell me it's raining. Right? If you want to be... As Brant Clifton is talking about Mark Robinson, you know, the Mr. Conservative or King of Conservatism, and you want to make this particular argument, then I think you probably should live up to the principle that you are espousing. Now, if you want to just get yours, right, to just get as much government funding as you can in order to keep liberal groups from getting it, that's a different standard, right? That's a standard of something else that's not, that's not based on a principle rooted in conservatism. See, there's the difference. That's all I'm saying. And you can have that other standard. I would disagree with that standard, by the way, but you can have that. But don't tell me it's the other one, right? Because now I'm going to call BS on you, right? Because that's not the standard. Words have meaning, okay? And I was just as critical of, and I am as critical of leftists that do this when they want to corrupt the language, they want to make things uh, mean different things than they currently mean in order to advance a particular agenda. So I'm not interested in that, okay? So if you are a conservative and you want people, you think it is deleterious to the individual and the family to get hooked onto federal government benefits, then I expect you should not be helping hook people on federal government benefits. That seems pretty clear cut to me. What do I know? Just a little old radio host. All right. Do the current world events have you wondering whether we are teetering on the edge of catastrophe? Are you concerned it's going to reach our shores? Okay. So what are you doing about your concerns? Let me help. Carolina Readiness Supply at carolinareadiness.com. Whether you're looking to expand your emergency preparedness supplies or you have no idea where to even begin, Carolina Readiness Supply can help you. Food, water purifiers, tools, first aid kits, instructional materials, 
camping and hiking supplies even, because being prepared is just smart. Carolina Readiness Supply has 2,000 square feet of supplies and educational materials that you'll need for any kind of emergency. In Waynesville and always at CarolinaReadiness.com, veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? First, this is from Russ. Russ says, Pete, please validate me. If the voice is on the radio, the TV, or the party don't validate me, how can I possibly know I'm doing the right thing? Um, like, this is this is part of the, uh, the sentiment, and, and I get it. Like, look, people listen to different content, right? And it, uh, you know, the, the person that they're listening to is saying things that they uh, already agree with, and it validates them. I'm not saying that as a pejorative. That's not... That's not condescending or anything. I'm not yelling at anybody about that and, and mocking anybody. It's validation. It's like, oh, this thing I this thing that I thought that I didn't think anybody else thought, this guy on the radio thinks the same thing, so that must mean that there's something to it, right? I get that. But here's the other thing. You and I are not going to agree on everything. You should be very wary of anybody that requires that of you. So we are going to disagree on things. And when we do, here's the, here's the thing. I approach the disagreement from an honest perspective. I assume you do too. And when we do, then we, we have the debate. We have the, quote, argument. And in so doing, we challenge each other's ideas. And when you do that, now you have a better understanding of your opponent's argument, right? But also your ideas can become stronger in that process. Right? You should not look. I walk towards the fights. Okay, I walk towards the challenges. That's why I'm sitting here, even though I had no intention of discussing this yet again. But this is what people want to talk about, so I'm happy to have this conversation yet again. <laughs> happy to do it. I've heard all of these arguments before. Just a heads up, I've heard them all before. Um, Mark says, "Pete, I have the solution. Just say you're voting for the same person as Taylor Swift will." <laughs> I don't even know who she's going to vote. We know who she's going to vote for. Come on. We know that. Okay. Bob, welcome to the program. Hello, Bob. Hey, Pete, and happy Thursday. Yes, sir. To you as well. Uh, I was going to try to exact some emotional blackmail on you, and then I thought better of that. Good idea. I said, well, maybe I'll just pee on his boots and tell him it's raining. Oh, but then no. I had second thoughts about that. Yeah, good idea. Uh, but... I, I told you a couple of weeks ago that I respect your reasoning on however you vote or decide to vote, because that's all given to us to use the way we see fit. Mm-hmm. Not backing away from that a single bit. I do want to tell the nice lady that called before the top of the hour, who was very frustrated, and and I would say to her, it is frustrating, just like... I try to see both sides of every argument, even if I don't agree with them. Mm-hmm. But there are some things that left people do that I cannot understand, just like there's things I do that they can't understand. Uh, one of them being an avid Trump supporter. I'm all in for Trump, and I, I don't care who knows that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, but everyone is different, and you have decided to play a long game with your vote and i respect that it's a you said one thing though that you had said that you said all along that i've never heard and i actually think that it helps 
allay some of the frustration about your vote is you said, and I've never heard you say this, that you have never voted for a Republican or Democratic presidential candidate. Correct. And I've never, I've never heard that. I'm not saying you haven't said it. I'm oh, just I, saying I've never heard it. And it, can, makes, it makes more sense now. It's not a Trump sucks no. uh, abstention. It's, it's just that the, the, the two parties, none of them have managed to move you to vote for them. And to me, that's more understandable than uh, we'll, we'll run the risk of Biden getting in. Because, look, a lot of the people that vote for Biden are not going to be voting for Biden because he did such a great job. Right. It's going to be to keep Trump out. So I think all of us folks are, are well-meaning, but we'd like to see you vote for Trump. And I'm not saying to do this. I'm just saying. I know this you is, would. This is. I totally understand it. Right. No, I totally yeah. I, I totally get it. And that's why everybody who makes the who makes their case to me, it is out of that same uh, uh, it's for the same goal. It's for the same purpose. It's to convince me to vote for Donald Trump. And, and people have tried all the different type, uh, types of arguments that can be tried to persuade me to do so. Right. Because this has been going on for now eight years. <laughs> right? So, well, I would just I would just like to say thank you for not voting for Biden. Oh, yeah. Well, look. And so I have said this. <laughs> Since uh, this goes back to uh, 2000, George W. Bush. And so I've had this same, uh, this same conversation with conservatives, liberals, Democrats, Republicans. Uh, I've, so like the, the idea that somebody's going to present a brand new argument for me uh, that I haven't heard going back now 24 years uh, is to me, it, it's, it's absurd. I've heard all these arguments before because I have never voted for a major party candidate in my entire life. I've never given a vote to the Republicans or the Democrats. This this year would be no different. So, like you, you've well, never counted on my vote before, and so there's there's no change to that whatsoever. Well, the fact that you never have take it from me that is somewhat of a soothing balm. Oh, okay. And thank you very much. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. Yes, sir. All right, sir. Happy trails. It's walking, Bob. This is Keith. Welcome to the show. Hello, Keith. How you doing, Pete? Hey, I'm good. What's up? Uh, your discussion about the uh, voting Republican or Democrat. Yeah. I've been voting since the Carter-Reagan contest back in 79, 80. Uh, I've never missed a vote in my life. And I have no objection at all to informed people, and you obviously are informed, voting however they, however they feel. And we are all blunted by the fact that a lot of people vote from a position of just, Taylor Swift told me to vote this way. That's and, true. <laughs> uh, just completely, completely uninformed. Pay no attention to politics until it's time to vote. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate everybody who does go out and vote. But I just wanted to say, you know, I, I voted Democrat president one time in my life and came to regret it very quickly. Um, I'm registered independent. The Democratic Party, the Republican Party to me is just, a bunch of gutless, uh, they disgust me. I mean, when they get in office, I was listening to the debate the other night, and I keep hearing that same game talk, and they get up there, and I don't know if they got their hand out or what's going on, but they just, they all turn into milk toast. Hmm. Yeah, I, part of why I like, I voted against presidents every time except for 2020 where I voted for Trump. Originally, mm-hmm. I voted against Hillary. 
I didn't think Trump had a prayer. Uh, but I voted for him in 2020 because he didn't turn out turn out to be that way. Now, he never saw a spending bill he didn't like. That bothered me. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch of things about him that bothered me. But that first press conference he did right after he got elected or sworn in, um, that was stunning. Mm-hmm. Presidential press conferences are boring. They say nothing. Doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican. They're just up there babbling, and they're boring. And that one was shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he was a shock to the system, absolutely. And uh, and I think that's what that's what made him such a threat, absolutely. He, he was, he's unpredictable. He, he introduces a bit of chaos and disorder into the system that people who are uh, you know who are vested in the system don't want to have. I totally understand yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, I totally get yeah. it. Uh, you know, he he's his own worst enemy. Can't keep his mouth shut when he needs to. But the fact that he actually speaks his mind when he's asked a question and calls out bull when he hears it. Nobody ever does that. Mm-hmm. Be they in the House, the Senate, or the President. I've never heard that before, and I think that's what attracted a lot of people to him. Sure. Well, yeah, he sounds like how most people talk. He talks like most people talk. Not like a politician. Right. Yeah. And so this is, I've said this also since the rise of the Tea Party. Um, and Keith, I appreciate your call, man. Thanks so much. Uh, th- since the rise of the Tea Party, the first round of candidates that we got with the Tea Partiers, a lot of them were not great. Some of them were, but a lot of them were not. Um, but the second round we got were much better, right? Because they, they, they saw things that worked, that were attractive to the, to the voting population, and then they did that, right? So I'm hopeful that what Trump inspires is a whole round of people that now that fight, that speak like he does, right? Like that, that are able to harness that sort of everyday person to better communicate with quote, everyday people. That's I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. You know me, I'm an optimist. All right. It's a Pete tweet from Surly Scott who says, I was a principal voter like vote on principles, uh, including 2016, until Joe Breyers, maybe Joe Biden or Bryben, I don't know. I knew his election would result in disaster, and it has. Therefore, even though I won't vote for Ombre Naranja Malo, <laughs> what is that, the bad orange man? Is that <laughs> uh, even though I won't vote for Trump in the primary if he's the nominee, in the general, he gets my vote again. So that's from Surly Scott. Uh, let's talk to Joe. Hello, Joe. Welcome to the program. Well, hi, Pete. Hey. This is your old friend, Joe. Hey, Joe. How are you? I haven't talked to you in a long time. It's I've been a while. I've missed you. That's all right. I've missed you, too. You doing all right? Hanging in here with God's grace. Good for you. I've had my problems, but I'm hanging in here. But Good. I just I wasn't really sure I understood. I came in on the tail end of the discussion about the... Mark Robinson, I think it is. Yeah, I was that. That's what I was planning to talk about for the whole hour, but uh, we kind of got sidetracked. Okay, no problem. Well, I, I mean, what you know, I, if 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 his wife goes to daycare centers to solicit for you know food stamps, I, you know, I don't have a problem with that because. The problem is our whole country, especially North Carolina, the federal government and its policies have really hurt the the average American by a long shot. Mm-hmm. You know, they really, really have. Um, 
Wait, North Carolina, I feel they owe us, maybe I'm exaggerating the number, but I feel like they owe us 2 or $3 trillion for all the jobs they cost us when they passed NAFTA. Hmm. I, mean, the, I mean, I used to drive a tractor trailer for Burlington a long, 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 long time ago when they were, I won't say they were prime, but they were not far from it. Mm-hmm. And I would drive up in those little towns up in the mountains, and they had one factory, and that's all they had to support them. Mm-hmm. And all those factories are all gone. I don't know what those poor people did. And all Congress said was, well, they can find high-tech jobs. But anyway, so it's created a, a heck of a situation in North Carolina. And then with all this daggum, you know, legal and illegal immigration, in my opinion, because, you know, it isn't like it was when back in the 30s when you had to have a sponsor and you were checked out before you could come in. You know, they don't do any of that anymore that I know of. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong in any of this. Not if you claim asylum. Say again? Not if you claim asylum. If you're coming in and you say, I I can't go back to my home country or they'll kill me, then they let you in. And yeah, and and the thing about that was like the you know the bombers up in uh, Boston, you know they'd gotten like a hundred thousand dollars in welfare, and you know they didn't deserve any of it, and then they went back to the homeland except for the bombers, and you know I'm thinking what are we doing here? You know, yeah. of course I know Ted Kennedy started a lot of that too. Well, no, yeah, in 1965, yeah, with the immigration uh, laws, absolutely, Joe. I, I appreciate the. And I think this is you're you're tapping into sort of what made Trump so popular as and and this rise of the populist wing in the GOP, right? Which is this appeal to working class Americans who were being ignored by the Democrat Party that had always claimed to be their champion, and that's why Trump was very successful in peeling away a lot of these voters, these blue collar voters, disaffected uh, working class people. Drag, you know, breaking that bond with the Democrats and bringing them over to the GOP. And that's why there is this this tension inside the GOP. This is why I say there's a realignment occurring. Right. And if you want the GOP to be a different kind of party. Then this is the fight to, to have. Right. But you're not going to be able to keep everybody on board. That's what a realignment means, by the way. Not everybody is going to, to is going to stay on board with. A, a, a different direction that a party takes. Uh, let me go over to uh, who's up next here. We have Chris. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. Love the show. Thanks, sir. Welcome. Um, I don't care who you vote for. Uh, I've <laughs> changed my mind now so far just this election like three times. Um, <laughs> when I was uh, 18, I didn't care about voting, as I assume most 18-year-olds don't. Um, I didn't really start caring until I had a kid in my mid-20s, but my mom really forced me, or not forced me, encouraged me to go vote, and she didn't care who I voted for, and her argument to me then was, if you don't vote, then you don't have a right to complain Mm -hmm. about how it goes, and that was her argument, right or wrong, and like I said, I ended up really following politics now, but, you know, I didn't I didn't follow it till I ended up having a kid, because, you know, how I wanted the world to be that is, yeah, that is usually the pattern. That's how it goes. Well, thank you, sir. Yeah, no, thank you, Chris. I appreciate your call. Um, let me see here. Steve, I will give you the last word here, but I only have like 20 seconds, but you can have it, Steve. 
Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Well, thank you, sir. Pete. I love I love what you do, and I appreciate your uh, stance and your principle, but I guess it's going to take a little longer for me, so maybe I can call back in tomorrow and, and sort of run past you what I had my thoughts were. Oh, okay, yeah, because like, I'm up against it. i got to turn the show, uh, turn the studio over to Brett Winterbull. Uh, I hate it that that's the first, this is the first time you called in. I would love to have uh, to heard uh, the longer comment, but Steve, give a call tomorrow, okay? I'll do that. All right, buddy, I appreciate luck, it. Pete. All right, thank you, sir. Yeah, as Rush would say, not enough time to be fair to a caller. See, I shouldn't even, no, but I'm glad I did take it, because then I would not have known that Steve was the first time caller, and I could not have invited him back tomorrow. Okay, so it all worked out. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.